Welcome to the Moses Lake Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. MLBC is led by Pastor Dennis Fountain and exists to help real people going through real life experience real change through our incredible God. We hope this message will be an encouragement to you, and we'd love to hear how God used it in your life. All right, turn to Mark 14, and we're going to be reading in verse number one. But I want to say this real fast. Merry Christmas. That was not great. Let's try it again. Merry Christmas. All right. I hope you don't get tired of saying that. I love saying Merry Christmas. Uh, and the Christmas season is just a wonderful time of the year. And uh, I love Christmas for many different reasons. Uh, I, love, I love gifts. I mean, how many love gifts? Like giving and receiving gifts. Uh, it's great. Uh, I, I, uh, my kids are at the point where they are really getting into the whole idea of gift giving and receiving. And like they're, they're making uh, all kinds of things almost every day, whether it's crafts or Legos and trying to make, make, make a, something to give to somebody. And under our tree, uh, I'm kind of ashamed to say this, but only thing, the only thing under our tree right now are gifts from Addie Weston to everybody else. Uh, and, uh, and they're just all wrapped up in their own craft paper, and, uh, and they have names written on them. And most of them are probably Legos or uh, some kind of thing they made in, uh, at school or, or something like that. Uh, I have bought gifts for my kids. I just haven't wrapped them. I just, you know, I just haven't got around to it yet. Uh, and so uh, I'm, I'm, I normally put it off and put it off until uh, last minute. But um, I love giving and receiving gifts. And it's just, uh, I understand that Christmas is not about the gifts, all right? I, I, I totally understand it. Uh, it's about the gift, Jesus. Jesus is the reason for the season. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's special being able to just uh, set aside some, some time to, uh, to give to those that you love and, uh, and, um, and be able to see also uh, them give to you as well. It's fun, too. Uh, and so uh, I have some great memories. My parents are here, uh, and, and they're, I have some great memories uh, growing up of just giving and receiving gifts. Uh, at my house, I thought it was really special because uh, we would have Christmas every year, and uh, Christmas morning, normally grandparents would come, and uh, it sometimes took them a little bit longer to get there, uh, and some of the grandparents took a while to get there, so we had to wait. You know, it's like you had to wait until uh, sometimes the afternoon uh, before we could open gifts, and we're dying. Like, can we start without them? And it's like, no, we cannot. And so we had to wait until they got there, and finally everybody got there, and uh, we would be able to open gifts. And the great thing, the tradition in our house was that the youngest goes first. And, uh, and I am the youngest of, of five. I have four older sisters and if my grandparents were there, obviously they're older than me. And so I was the very first to go every single year, and I always look forward to it. Uh, and we had some awesome memories, uh, just uh, different things that we got to do. And I'm sure you have memories as well, some of the, some, some of the gifts that you've received, some of your favorite gifts of your childhood or even adult, adulthood that you've received at Christmas time. You can probably think of those right now. And, uh, and, um, but today we're going to talk about how Christmas is a gift. Christmas is a gift, and we're going to look uh, not somewhere that's typically a Christmas uh, passage in the Bible, but we're going to look at Mark 14 and, uh, and talk about this topic. And in Mark 14, Jesus receives a gift, and it's an extravagant gift. And, uh, and this extravagant gift that Jesus receives in Mark 14 is a picture of the extravagant gift that Jesus is to you and to me. 
And so we're going to look at that and focus on that today. And so in Mark 14, if you would stand with me, uh, and we'll read this together. Mark 14, verse 1, all the way down to verse 9. It says, After two days was the feast of the Passover and of unleavened bread, and the chief priests and the scribes sought how they might take him by, by craft and put him to death. But they said, not on the feast day, lest there be an uproar for the people of the people. And being in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at meat, there came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment of spikenard, very precious. And she broke the box and poured it on his head. And there were some that had indignation within themselves and said, why was this waste of the ointment made? For it might have been sold for more than 300 pence and have been given to the poor And they murmured against her. And Jesus said, let her alone. Why trouble ye her? She hath wrought a good work on me. For ye have the poor with you always, and whensoever ye will, ye may do them good. But me ye have not always. She hath done what she could. She has come aforehand to anoint my body to the burying. Verily I say unto you, uh, wheresoever the gospel, this gospel shall be preached throughout the whole world, this also that she hath done shall be spoken of for a memorial of her. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for just this time that we have to be in your house tonight. Thank you for um, the truths of your word. Thank you for uh, the fact that you came to this earth, that you lived a perfectly sinless life, and you laid your life down for me and for you. Thank you for just the truths that, we, that we're going to look at today. And, and thank you for the, the picture that we see here um, of, of Mary giving, uh, breaking this alabaster box and pouring out uh, on, on G, for Jesus, God. I pray that you would just uh, help me as I speak and just uh, help me to say the things that you'd want me to. And that we would all just take walk away today with some things that would help us. Uh, in our relationship with you, and challenge us, God. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. So in Mark 14, we open up by talking about the gift of Christmas. And the first thing I want us to notice the context sets up for us is the wrapping of the gift. The wrapping of the gift. Now, you know, whenever it comes to gift giving, uh, whenever it comes to presents, usually presents typically are wrapped, right? And, uh, and, uh, and usually they are wrapped maybe one of two ways. And I, I think of uh, growing up, my mom typically did most of the wrapping in the house, uh, unless, uh, you know, I mean, obviously we wrap presents for other, other people, but my mom's wrapping was beautiful. It was meticulous. It was uh, nice and neat and in certain kinds of wrapping paper and just uh, maybe with a bow and, a, and, and sometimes t- tied with string, whatever, whatever the case would be, uh, and very meticulously wrapped. Uh, and then uh, same thing with my wife, just, you know, taking the time. And then there's the other kind of wrapping that maybe not so meticulous, kind of rushed in. So I, I, wouldn't, I don't know. I, I would say I'm a pretty good gift wrapper, but sometimes I can rush it and it looks terrible. And, uh, and you know, just really not putting the effort in uh, or, you know, or just throwing it in a grocery bag and saying, here you go. Uh, and so uh, that, that, that might, might be you. Yeah, there's different ways of wrapping gifts. And, uh, and so uh, in verse number one and two, we see definitely a poor wrapping. And we see the, in the scribes and the Pharisees there. Uh, so if, you, if you've ever read through the Gospels, you know that these guys, uh, 
are after Jesus. It's just time after time they're trying to trip Jesus up. Uh, They're trying to stop him from what he's doing. Uh, They're they're trying to, at this point, kill him. Uh, And it says in verse number one and two that they're making plans. They're trying to make plans to take him by craft. They're basically trying to secretly uh, take him and and trick him or or do, do whatever they can secretly to take him away and to kill him. And, uh, and trying to find a, a sneaky way to, to kill Jesus. Uh, but they had no idea how to go about it. It, it talks about it. Uh, they, knew, they, they know that, that this week that they're in right now is the week of the Passover. The, it's, it was the biggest holiday, the biggest event on the Jewish calendar uh, when everyone was in town and upwards of hundreds of thousands of people, from what I've heard, is just, just packed into this city. And I've been in Jerusalem, and it's just an amazing, amazing place. But I just, just looking around, and when we were up on the Temple Mount, just looking around, just seeing, like, man, there was, there was thousands and thousands of people packed in this place. That's when Jesus was here, and, uh, and they, they, they're like, man, if we were to do it now and in, in, in public, it would be a serious, serious problem. And, uh, and so, but they definitely didn't, they, want, they wanted to make sure that Jesus couldn't continue on. And so they're trying to make plans and trying to figure out how can we get rid of Jesus? How do we kill him? And so in verse 3, we see a different kind of gift wrapping. Obviously, the opposite would be, uh, in, it says in verse 3, And being in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at meat, there came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment of spikenard, very precious. And she broke the box and poured it on his head. Jesus... Here, he's at this feast, and the Bible tells us about this lady, Mary, and, uh, and who wants to pour out a gift on Jesus. Mary comes before Jesus, and she pours out this ointment of spikenard on Jesus' head, and she anoints Jesus' feet and pours it all out. And we see this kind of depicted here for us, and it's also in other, other Gospels as well. And it's very interesting, as you look in verse 4, it says, And there were some that had indignation within themselves and said, Why was this waste of the ointment made? For it might have been sold for more than 300 pence and might have been given to the poor. And they murmured against her. So, so she goes and she pours out this ointment on Jesus and everyone gets upset. Like, uh, and because she pours it all on Jesus. And, and in John, it talks about Judas, uh, the reason he got angry. And it says the reason he got angry was that this ointment, he, he said this, he said that this ointment could have been sold for more than 300 pence and given to the poor. I had to look up how much money that was. I mean, I had no idea. But because it, it, it seems, obviously, they, they seem to think it's very valuable. And uh, from what I, when I read, it, it, it's uh, about, about a year's wages back in this time. And so what, if, if we were to convert that to... a to uh, what, what is, is normal here in America, maybe forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars uh, here in, uh, in with this the value of this box of perfume, and and obviously very very expensive. And so John tells us that Judas he was very angry, not for the reason that he said, thinking thinking about uh, it could have been sold, and we could have given all this money to all these poor people that are around us here in Jerusalem. And we could have done that, and we could have been so generous. Uh, that wasn't the reason. The reason he was mad, it talks about it in, in uh, John. It says, because he was a thief and had, it, had the bag and bare what was, there, what was put therein. He was a thief, and that's what he was thinking about. He was thinking about the money and how he could uh, somehow use some of it and steal some of it. And, and so, uh, and, um, so Jesus, Judas was mad, and after the feast was over, 
he, he went to the chief priests and he told them, hey, you know, if you were to keep reading, it shows how he went to the chief priests and he, he tells them, hey, I know where you can find Jesus and where you can get him all alone and where he will not be surrounded by crowds and his followers. I can, I can show you where, uh, where you'll be able to take him and he will, he will not, uh, and, and, and you'll be able to uh, get a hold of him. And so the, G- Judas, so the Jewish leaders... Judas and all these people are, uh, are working against Jesus and trying to take him by surprise. But let me tell you this, that none of those things, none of those plans, none of those people caught Jesus off guard. Not one of them. Uh, through all of this, Jesus was orchestrating it all for his own purpose. Uh, so that Jesus would die on the cross for your sins and for mine. And he knew exactly what was taking place. Just several days after Mary had anointed Jesus with this alabaster box of ointment, Jesus would die. Jesus would offer his own life as a perfect sacrifice, hanging and dying on the cross for your sins and for mine. And, uh, and he would cry out, it is finished. And he would bow his head and he would die. So, so Jesus was working all these things together to offer his own life for you and for me. And, and so this is not a story, I mean, if you look at the big picture here, if you look at the big picture, it's not a story specifically about the Pharisees and the scribes. It's not a story uh, about Judas, or it's not a story about even Mary. Uh, really, the big picture is a story about Jesus and, his, and how he is seeking to redeem, uh, redeem you and me, and uh, about all of us. Uh, and uh, this story is about Jesus working everything together so that he could sacrifice himself for you and for me. So, so we see this wrapping. We see this wrapping, and the, the wrapping isn't what's important, right? But the wrapping really isn't the, the thing that is the, the, the most important. It is, it is what's inside, what, 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 what's on the inside. Uh, if, you, if you see something that's horribly wrapped, right, if, they, if, the, 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 uh, if you see something that's maybe, like, like I said, thrown in a grocery bag or just, uh, you know, wrapped in trash, uh, maybe discarded on the side of the road and just kind of covered in trash. Obviously, you, 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 first of all, you don't care what's inside. Uh, and if, if it was truly a gift that was being offered, you can kind of tell that the person that's offering it maybe didn't have a very high, va- high uh, value of that in, in his mind. It didn't, it didn't mean that much to him or her. And uh, it didn't, didn't, somebody that didn't take very much time and care in the care or the presentation of that gift what does that normally tell you about the gift itself? I already said some of the things. What does that normally tell you about the gift itself? Yeah, it's not of high value. If, if, it's, if they don't care about how it's wrapped, it normally tells you that that gift isn't very important. And uh, on the other hand, when a gift is meticulously and beautifully wrapped with the finest paper that money can buy, and, and with, uh, you know, when you can tell that there has been some some true effort placed in, in, into to, to, to presenting what this actual gift is, you can tell, what, what does that tell you about the gift? It's important. It's valuable. Yeah, it, it is, it is, it's, uh, it, it's valuable. And uh, somebody truly cares. It's treasured. Um, so if you were, think about, the reason I, I, I present it as the wrapping is because think about this. You have the Pharisees and the scribes uh, and obviously, the way they treated Jesus, the way they um, 
the, the way they sought after Jesus to, to take him by force and to, to kill him. Obviously, we can see their, obviously, hate, hatred for Jesus himself. And so if you're a follower or a, a, somebody that, that listens to the Pharisees and, and you're, you're somebody that, that is influenced greatly by these Pharisees, well, what you're going to see and what you're going to be influenced to believe about Jesus is that Jesus is not important. Jesus is just somebody to be laughed or scoffed at or just to be ignored. Uh, and, uh, and so you're, and, but if, on the contrary, if, if you're looking at, at Mary and you see the way she, uh, how she treats Jesus, I think you get a complete opposite reaction. And, uh, and you, you have a very, obviously, a concern to see what, what, why is she treating Jesus the way she's treating Jesus? Why is she, and I'm going to explain and read more in, in, in detail of what, she, what Mary goes on to do and how the things that she does for Jesus, uh, how she extravagantly gives and to, to the one she believes is worthy. That will influence your choice. That will influence what you think about the who she is worshiping about Jesus. And in this day and age, uh, in that day and age, uh, when in the Jewish culture, so much revolved around the dinner table uh, and around hospitality. Uh, and we, I, many different portions of scripture in the New Testament, you, you read of these basically scenes taking place and much of it is around food and dinners or hospitality, inviting people into houses. And, and uh, it was, hospitality was a very big deal in the Jewish culture. Uh, and so whenever somebody would get together, let's say, um, come here, Carlos, for a second. Carlos, I did, let's say Carlos and I were, were to get together, invite him over to our house and uh, maybe... Um, so imagine we are in this Jewish culture in a desert place, uh, and I, we, we've, I've been to uh, Israel. It is not, it is not, you know, Pacific Northwest. It, it is, it is desert, <laughs> and uh, it's 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 worse than Moses Lake. I mean, as far as just as far as just the scenery goes, there's just it, I mean, there's portions of Israel that are beautiful, but uh, it, dead dead center Jerusalem, it is just a, it is a desert, and uh, and so there you got to imagine like you invite these guys people over to your house, and they're coming, they're traveling, and this is two thousand years ago. Deodorant was not an invention. All right, I don't I don't know if you knew that, but deodorant wasn't invented yet. Uh, and uh, Jordan's, I mean, no, sorry, Puma, sorry, uh, were, were not invented yet. And, uh, and so you had open-toed shoes, you know, sandals, and you traveled everywhere on, on foot. And you would go over to somebody's house, and, and after a long, day, long day's walk or whatever the case may be, and it, just to be honest, it, things stunk. People stunk. It stank. Think that's the right word. Uh, anyway, uh, the, the smell was bad. I'll just say that, and and it it was it was a normal normal thing for for, for that to be the case, and uh, for body odors, and uh, and and so there was in hosp- dealing with hospitality when you would have people over, there was things you would do uh, that were just the custom and just just the right thing to do, just as if today in our day and age, if I was to invite Carlos over to my house right now. Uh, and he'd never been there before. I'm like, hey, if you need it, the bathroom's right around the corner, first door on the left, and uh, and if, if you need it, and wash your hands or something. And that's just that's just uh, whatever. That, that's just normal. And but in this day and age, back in 2,000 years ago, 
there was things that you would do in it that were just the custom. And uh, one of the very first things that would take place is uh, after traveling, uh, we, you would come into, come into our house. And if, if me and Carlos were kind of the same, uh, you know, same status, and, and we would, uh, I would let him know, hey, here's a, here's a bowl, here's a, here's, a, here's a cloth for you to wash your feet, and just ha- offering that to him. And uh, if, if Carlos was maybe somebody of a higher, higher class, and somebody maybe a politician or somebody that's wealthy or well-known, uh, I would do my best to make him, to, to maybe have a hired servant or even uh, go out of my way to make sure that's taken care of for him. And, uh, and we, we, would, we would do that. And that's just, that's just how things were. And, uh, and, and then, uh, you know, there was, uh, there's other things that would take place. You know, uh, there, would, uh, we had, there, would, there would be like costly uh, oils or ointments that, that, that you would bring and maybe you'd put uh, on, on, on their head uh, a, just like a drip or two of this uh, ointment that would help just to take the edge off, you know? And just not, not to like, overwhelm you with this, you know, the, the smell. It, it would just, just be, you know, you're about to sit down to eat a wonderful meal that you prepared, and you don't want, just to be honest, that smell just to be wafting across, wafting across that table. And you just, it just helps. And, but this would be something that would happen, that they would, they would anoint each other with oil and, and just as a hospitality thing that would take place. Thanks, Carlos. Where's my oil? I don't have any oil with you, sorry. Today. Uh, ask me later. Uh, but uh, that's what would happen, and um, and so uh, I would say this. So, so here it is. We see Mary, and uh, and if yeah, well, I'm going to go back, if, if you have a group of people, I'm just lost my place. So uh, anyway, so what we see is we see Mary, we and we look at Jesus completely different, and uh, and she she looks at Jesus and. And completely different. In John 12, it says, it doesn't say Mary just gave Jesus a bowl. Here's a bowl, and, and here's something to wash your feet with. And, uh, and it doesn't even say that she, she had a hired servant go and wash his feet. In John 12, it says that she bent down on her knees, and she washed Jesus' feet herself, not with a rag, but with her hair. With her hair. Mary was saying, I think, I think so highly of you that I'm not going to give you a bowl to wash your feet with. I'm not even going to have a servant wash your feet. I'm going to wash my, your feet with the best that I have, the very best that I have. And um, talk about somebody that has a high view of Jesus and, it, and somebody who will bow before Jesus and worship and then she takes that ointment and just doesn't give a drop, but she takes that container and breaks it, spilling it completely over Jesus and all on, down onto her, his feet. Uh, and it, and this, just, this is what she's saying with her actions. She's saying, Jesus, I believe you are so worthy. I, I'm giving you the very best of what I have. In our text, we see every single person that we've read of in our text we see, we see they're identified by how they relate to Jesus. That's, it's, it literally, it just, they're described by how they relate to Jesus. And I can tell you something this evening, the same is true for you. Uh, what matters most when it comes to our identity is how we identify in relation to Jesus. 
And for believers, the Bible tells us we are ambassadors of the Lord. Uh, and, and can I ask you something this evening? In your workplace, and in your home, amongst your families, and in neighbors, what kind of wrapping are you? What kind of presentation do you give to Jesus? What do people think of Jesus when they interact with you? And if, if, you, if, you, were, uh, if, if you were to get your view like I said before, based on how the Pharisees interacted with Jesus, you would think of Jesus as maybe a troublemaker. If you were to get your view of Jesus based on, on how Mary responded, you would be blown away. Hey, Jesus must be amazing. He must be worthy of all honor, all glory, and praise. That's who he is. So that's the wrapping of the gift. But let's notice this, the content of the gift. Because ultimately what matters, right, is what's important. What's important is uh, not, not necessarily the wrapping paper, right? Uh, is, is it, if, when you're there Christmas morning, you're not concerned about the wrapping paper. I know one person, one person in my life has ever been concerned about the wrapping paper, uh, and that's my grandma. And bless her heart, we, uh, we every, uh, every Christmas, this happened from every time I can remember. I don't, I don't remember a Christmas where she did not do this. She, we would give her gifts, and she would be so thankful for them, and she wouldn't rip, up, rip open the gifts, rip open the, the, the wrapping. She would meticulously, she would peel the, 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 the tape off of the, off the wrapping paper, not to, like, separate, you know, the, the, so the, you know, the, the paint or whatever on, on, the, on, the, on the wrapping paper didn't separate. She would do it so slowly. She would do it very carefully, and she would, after she got it off the gift, she would fold it up, and she would store it away, and, and then she'd open her gift. And uh, it wasn't until just a couple, uh, I guess a month, month ago, uh, that we were, we were, we had her funeral, and we were cleaning out her house. We, she had an entire half of a room that was full, boxes, I mean, boxes and boxes and boxes of wrapping paper and wrapping boxes that have been given in gifts from past Christmases. Uh, I, I mean, like, they were treasures. And, like, uh, and, but that's not normal, okay? I'm just saying, that's just, don't do that. Uh, we had to clean it out, and, we, uh, and we, we know from experience that that is not the thing to do. Do not keep, the, 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 what's important is what's inside the gift, right? And, uh, and uh, we, we love Graham Elliott. But it, it's just, uh, that's just one of the funny memories that we have of her. And, uh, and so, but we, on the other hand, we would see her doing that, and just, just to get kicks out of it, we would, like, purposefully, like, hey, Grandma, watch, you know, and we'd, rip, we'd rip, rip, rip it, like, in many tiny pieces and then throw it away, and it's just for fun, and, uh, and we had a great time with that. Anyway, uh, so look at the content of the gift. Right here in verse 3, it says, In being in Bethany, in the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at meat, there came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment uh, of spikenard, very precious, and she broke the box and poured it on his head. And there were some that had indignation within themselves and said, Why was not this waste of the ointment made? For it might have been sold for more than 300 pence and had been given to the poor. And they murmured against her. And Jesus said, Let her alone. Why trouble ye her? She hath wrought a good work on me. For you have the poor with you always, and whensoever you will, you may do them good. But me, you have not always. She hath done what she could. She has come aforehand to anoint my body to the burying. Verily I say unto you, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached throughout the whole world, this also shall be 
she, she had done uh, shall be spoken of for a memorial of her. So she pours out the ointment on Jesus. Jesus gets angry, and then Jesus says something that shows us that this gift is a picture. Okay? Uh, Jesus says something. It says, Jesus says, leave her alone because the gift that she has given is, is pointing to or is in preparation for my burial. And it's preparation for what I'm about to do. Jesus gets across. This is the week of my death, and she is preparing for that. This fragrant oil, it was, it was used often for burial purposes. And then he says, from, this, from, from now on, when my gospel is spoken of, I will, it will always be connected. Uh, it will always be connected to uh, what she has done. And so he, here's what he's saying. Her gift and what I'm about to do are connected. And, and how is that the case? Well, I want us to, to notice the content of the gift is this. This gift it came from a heart of love. Mary, uh, and we read of her in John 11. We read of her brother. Anybody know her brother? Mary's brother was raised from the dead. Lazarus. And, and Lazarus was raised from the dead. And this just happened. And, and, uh, and so Mary, we see her. She's saying, Jesus, I love you. And you're worthy of everything. And just out of total love for who Jesus is, what Jesus has done, who Jesus is to her, uh, she begins to do the things that we mentioned. She's worthy of uh, of me washing your feet. Uh, God, God, Jesus, you're worthy of me washing uh, your feet with my hair. Jesus, you're worthy of all this ointment. Uh, and when the Bible tells us the gospel, when the Bible tells us the most famous verse that describes what Jesus did for us, it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. The reason God gave his son is because God so loved. He didn't just think of, oh, I, I kind of like them, or you know, they're, they're all right, they're kind of cool, whatever word you wanted to use. It wasn't just a like so that I'll just, then I'll, then I'll send my son to die for him. No, it says God so loved. It's with an abundance. It's with an overflow of love for, that he gave his own, his own son. And whenever Mary poured out this ointment on his head and on his feet, it was coming from a heart of love as well. And the second thing I want you to notice about the gift is this, that the gift was very precious. Um, It was extremely valuable. And I already, in its worth, it is valuable. I mentioned that a little bit ago. Financially, it's it's very valuable. Uh, But it was more than that. For... for, uh, for her, many believe that it would have been more of an inheritance uh, or even a, a dowry, which if, you don't, if you're not familiar with the dowries, it's something that would be given during a wedding and, uh, and uh, things like that. It, it would have been extremely valuable to her. In essence, this was her future. Uh, this was, this was, uh, she, she gave it to Jesus. And, and so with this, we also see the next picture of the gospel and the and what the content here? Uh, we see that this gift, this gift was broken and poured out. 
Earlier we mentioned that just two drops maybe would be given, like one on the, one on the head, one on the feet, or uh, whatever the case may be. Just, just a few drops just to kind of take the edge off. Uh, and, but Mary takes this alabaster box, and it says that she breaks it and pours all of it out. And the Bible tells us the fragrance of this oil fills the room completely. And all of the stench was gone. It's a beautiful picture of the gospel because Jesus was broken and he was poured out for you and for me. They would go from this event to the Last Supper where he would take bread and he would break it. And he would say, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. And then he would take the cup and he'd say, hey, this, is the, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This, do, uh, t- drink this in remembrance of me as well. That this, is, uh, this is my blood which was poured out for you. And, and then Jesus would go onto the cross and be broken and his blood would be shed. And because, because of this, all of the stench of your sin and mine washed away. It has been completely covered. And I love the song, What Can Wash Away My Sin? Nothing But the Blood of Jesus. And that's what this is a picture of. And what Mary did with this alabaster box is really a picture of what Jesus did on the cross for you and for me. In that verse I started, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And because Jesus was broken and he was poured out for you, you can be forgiven. And because Jesus was broken, he was poured out for you, you are not alone. You have, you have a Savior who loves you and who died for you. And just receive him and, uh, as, as your Savior, and he, uh, his, your sins will be forgiven. And I love the truth that, uh, that, that we can cling to. Uh, there was a song that I grew up uh, hearing uh, in our church. It would, uh, I, I believe it was our friend Mrs. Pfeiffer that would sing it, and, uh, and uh, she would sing the song Broken and Spilled Out. I'll just read the chorus of it because it's just something that sticks to my memory. I can't read through this passage without hearing it in, in, my, in my memory. Uh, and it says, Broken and spilled out just for love of you, Jesus, my most precious treasure lavished on thee, broken and spilled out and poured at your feet. In sweet abandon, let me be spilled out and used up for thee. And then it goes on to, to the second chorus would be uh, from the different perspectives. It says, broken and spilled out just for love of me, Jesus. God's most precious treasure lavished on me. You are broken and spilled out and poured at my feet. In sweet abandon, Lord, you were spilled out and used up for me. And I hope that you guys will... Uh, we all will take just what we've read here just as a re- reminder that Christmas truly is a gift. What, what Jesus did by coming to this earth and living a perfectly sinless life and then uh, enduring what we just read about, going and, and knowing what was coming, laying his life down as an offering for your sin and for mine, I hope that you'll be thankful for that gift, that you, it will change the way that, that we live and how we, uh, are, how we uh, live in relation to how we interact with uh, others and how people uh, view Jesus in return. 
And I hope that we will use up our lives for the Lord Jesus Christ.